Welcome back, everybody. Rooted in Logos podcast, episode number 46. Ooh, we're getting there. My name is Brad. I am joined, as always, by Austin. Again, just a magnificent beard. I don't know. It looks extra full tonight. I brushed it. Yeah. So, <laughs> as opposed to mine, it looks like I'm, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. Mangy. Nah. Scraggly. No, I've seen you mangy before. It's not mangy. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to start out, you will hear... My poor husky in the background, I think, tonight, going a little bit nuts. He had the procedure done today. Uh, I'm sure you all know what that means. He done stole his manhood. (laughs) Done stole the manhood. And he has been confined to his crate for a few days as a a majority of the time because he's a little too wild. He's a husky. He's a little too uh, amped up. And so he's going to hurt himself if he's not. So he is not happy about his position in the world right now. (laughs) So he is making that known to everyone, including you. So, uh, this is uh, Austin and Brad joined by Dexter today. <laughs> so, we apologize for that in advance. Uh, nothing they can do about it, though. Just being honest with you. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, today, we we had a topic, we had an idea, and neither one of us, I think, were really, like, super, like, we, we can't fill a 50-minute episode with this. I did, at least, I didn't think yeah. I could. And so, I was sitting in church yesterday and, and listening to the sermon. He was talking about the, centur- the centurion that... Um, Asked for a servant to be healed, asked Jesus for the servant to be healed, and Jesus made a comment and, and a warning that like caught my attention. And and so I, I kind of checked out of the sermon for a second and looked up a couple more verses and was like, ah, maybe we should talk about this. And so we're going to do that today. Austin agreed, and um, we're going to dive into a, a, an interesting topic, but I want to start off with just a couple things. Uh, first, you know, we 2022 just started. We're, we're 10 days in. Yep. At the time of this recording, 12 days in at the time of it, this being released and already lost some celebrities, you know, that are somewhat well known. And we had Betty White and Bob Saget in the last last week or so that have, that have passed away. And it, it, I always find these celebrity deaths interesting because it's it's a soul that's lost and, and we don't know their salvation status. We don't know, you know, obviously we can look at their fruits and make a decent guess but we're not we obviously aren't 100 sure and and yet the country just goes nuts when this stuff happens and it's like man death happens every day and 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 i guess i I guess there's something psychologically about someone that's well known and beloved by a a huge group of people that when they pass away it's a major event um but yeah austin were you a full house fan at any point you might be a little young well, for the Full House so era. So I got married, and then I was made to watch Full House. <laughs> okay. No, we uh, we actually... I, man, I watched it for the first time maybe like a couple years ago. Really? Okay. We, we started it. We got a couple seasons in. It's like, uh, okay, cool. Yeah. It was, it was fine. It was okay. Yeah. I liked it when I was a kid. Yeah. I thought it was funny, but... You look, go back and watch it now, you're like, man, this is cheesy. Man, this is good. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, Danny Have Tanner. Mercy. Yeah, Danny Tanner passed, uh, you know, the guy who played him passed away. And I hear his comedy, stand-up comedy, was nothing like how he was on, on mm. Full House. And it was very raunchy and, really? and very aggressive in that. I've heard that from a lot of different people. They're like, yeah, his, his stand-up, that's not Danny Tanner. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. But huh. ve- just very sad, though, overall. I mean, Betty White, man, she was this close to 100. She's she right was there. almost there. Man, yeah. we, I think as a collective country, we were like, no, she has to stay. Like This woman th- will th- never, th- never th- die. She's not going anywhere. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. You know, <laughs> we, we obviously, we hope that their family and, and friends are comforted in this time, and we hope that they, they met Jesus somewhere along the way. Yeah. But. Uh, well, uh, also a side note warning. Of whenever stuff like this hits the news and it just floods the news, take a step back and start digging into other things that are going on around the world that are being kind of shadowed that are more, way more important. So yeah, just a, just a heads up. I mean, let's, let, okay. I wasn't going to go here, but let's go here for a second because we, we have some time, I think tonight. Because I know you've prepared a decent amount. I don't have a ton for today yeah. on our topic, other than just what just we riff discussion. off each other like yeah. we do. We got some time. Let's let's go here for a second. So you look at uh, four days ago was January sixth, and and yep. that was the uh, January sixth, twenty twenty was what was it? The day that'll live in infamy. 
All right. Oh, yeah. It was that Capitol riot, the oh, yeah, treasonous, treasonous treason. insurrection uh-huh. that only cost one life. Tragically, of course. Yeah. I mean, that not to minimize it, but one life was lost because of the actual riot at the Capitol and protest. The well, it, <laughs> look. <laughs> some idiots went into the Capitol. Yep. I mean, let's just be honest. That, that's really what it boils down to. They were taking goofy pictures yep. and selfies. One so of them stole the podium. Idiots um, were let into the Capitol. Yeah. And and you have the, our political elites right now just making this, comparing, our vice president compared it to Pearl Harbor and 9-11. Oh, I'm sure he did. She, yeah. the vice president. Oh, the vice president. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. He doesn't. I'm not going to make that joke right yeah, now. Yeah, we're just. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> That to me goes along with what Austin said. They are they are caught making this huge deal out of really just some idiots went into the Capitol. Compared to everything else that happened. Compared to the BLM riots that I know we've talked about here and, and many people have spent many hours saying, Hey, why are we not talking about these BLM riots? Millions of dollars worth of damage, Countless multiple lives lost. multiple lives lost, livelihoods lost. Yep. You know, where was the day of remembrance when Darren Dorn was shot and killed. Yeah. In, I think it was in St. Louis. I think it was him. He was a retired police officer, was ambushed and, and shot and killed. Yeah. During a BLM riot. Hmm. Where's that day of remembrance? And, and I just, you're right, Austin, when something like this happens, when, when unfortunately someone passes away or when a event that helps the narrative happens, what are they trying to distract us from? What are they not paint? They're saying, hey, look over here while something else is going on on this side. Yep. Well, it's interesting, too. So, uh, record, recording this on the 10th, uh, I believe the vaccine mandate was supposed to come in front of the House today. Okay. I believe so. Well, I know the Supreme Court heard ar- oral arguments on it on Friday. Right. And so, I think I think it's kind of stayed until, I think, I don't yeah. know. Because, uh, there, I mean, there's a lot of businesses that they were waiting to see what was going to happen yeah. in order to mandate it to their, their employees. Yeah. That was kind of a big one that... Like Bob Saget died, and boom, that's everywhere. Yeah, and all that kind of went to the wayside. Yeah. So, and so I'm not sure how what that looks like now. I applied for my religious exemption today officially oh, really? through work. Yeah, yeah, they they were not mandating it yet because I again I, I don't think it's I think it's on pause until the Supreme Court makes some sort of ruling or yep. decision. It's still illegal. You um, can't mandate. But our our company said, okay, we want to assess your status, and mm-hmm. you have to tell us if you're vaccinated or not. And it, it, what's interesting is is it said in the emails leading up to today, it said, you know, there will be an option to not disclose your status. Hmm. And so I go to do it, and that was what I planned on doing, was just not disclosing what my status was going to be. And it didn't give me the option. Yeah. It said, are you vaccinated, yes or no? I'm like, all right, I hit no. Hmm. And then on the next page, do you plan on getting vaccinated? That's where it gave you the option, I prefer uh, not to say. Interesting. Didn't like that. It was a little, little shady, but I, I just, I actually said no. I'm applying, applying for religious exemption. I did that, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, hey, let them fire me. Yeah, that's, that's right. What I say. Yeah, they, they. they I'll live off the government for, for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're paying for it anyway. All yeah, so right. Might as well. Anyway, that's a little rant that I wasn't planning on going on. <laughs> Sorry about that one. That yeah. was me. It's all. It's fine. It's my fault. I think there was an episode titled that. It's all Austin's fault. It's all my fault. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm good. I'm blame me. I don't care. <laughs> uh, so I actually had another question in mind before we jump into our topic as well. You know, I got was sitting on the couch. I think Thursday night, just kind of thinking through different things going on and different passages, and and kind of you know thinking about life. And I kept coming back to John, John sixteen thirty three, and it says, "I've said these things to you." This is Jesus speaking. That in me you ha- you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And, you know, Austin and I have talked, you know, just about everything going on in both of our lives recently, and this weekend was a good weekend. And I think part of it was because of this verse that just kept coming to mind. Hmm. And and just knowing, hey, I got this. Yeah. Jesus saying, I, I got this. Yeah. Um, take heart. Be of good courage. Tharseo, as I learned this week, I had a, posted a question on Facebook to... Uh, I have a lot of friends who are very knowledgeable in the Greek language and Hebrew language, and we talked about the word Tharseo, and I don't know. Just that was an encouraging verse, so I hope in the midst of whatever you're going through, maybe that's something that can help lift your spirits up, like it did me this weekend. Yeah. Um, Just kind of came to me out of nowhere, sitting on the couch. Yeah. I I love it. Yeah. (laughs) 
whenever I think of it, though. So I think of the the Greek for actual, like, take heart, which is pericarda. Pericarda, you take the heart. <laughs> but take the that's beside the point. So <laughs> that leads me to ask you this, Austin. Just throughout this week, has there been anything that has encouraged you through scripture or through time with God, time with your family? Just anything encouraging, not to put you on the spot, no. even though I totally am. <laughs> uh, I feel like <clears throat> we have a friend, a mutual friend at church that is really good at doing this, uh, Loria. Yes. So shout out, Loria, <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, she's really good at this. So just kind of, hey, how's your week going? It's going good. How are you? Oh, it's going good. What's God teaching you this week? And just kind of on the spot, just like, boom, Whammo. there it is. Uh, you're not prepared, even though you should be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I'm doing that to you. I'm pulling a Loria. So no, that's great. Yeah. It's, um, so definitely getting over sickness still kind of oh having issues with uh one of one of our kids we're going to the doctor trying to figure out uh what's going on things like that but being able to get to the point where my wife and i are able to get back into the word together being able to have that time where we're not taking care of everyone being sick and it's it's not just me reading out loud but being able to sit down and actually study and so we're we're getting into a study of chronicles and right now, just going through just names. And it's interesting, being at that time in my, my life and my relationship with Christ, that before, you know, you go through those names and they're monotonous, and you're just like, blah, 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 and you don't even care about getting the names right. But now I'm, I'm, I'm truly interested in it, because I'm able to look at these names, and I, I've read scripture to the point where I, I recognize many of these names. I'm like, okay, so this person was this person, and this person is related to this person. And looking all the way to like, oh, Ruth and Boaz. Yeah. And just that story, but looking at how Ruth and Boaz had Obed, and Obed had Jesse, and then Jesse was the father of David. So David was a direct descendant of Ruth and Boaz. And, you know, just putting all these together yeah. is so cool. So, looking at, yeah, Chronicles and just looking at the history of uh, the Old Testament, stuff like that is, is pretty cool. And just being able to do it with my wife is so, oh, goodness, I, I can't even explain it. It's so fulfilling to be able to, I don't know, do what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> Leading my wife through scripture, but also just being able to be in the word with my wife and growing together is what we're supposed to be doing. So that's that's definitely been uh, kind of a big part to my week. Well, that's awesome. Sure. Yeah. And you, you think about the genealogies and stuff. You said it yourself, you know, it's just monotonous. And why are all these names? And I can't pronounce them. And they don't make sense. They're there for a reason. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they're in there. Sometimes I don't know what that is, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but it's there. So yeah. as you become more rooted in scripture and you stay diving into the word, the more those sections will come alive. And it makes sense, and it gets you excited. Well, I mean, well, at least me. I'm I'm a history buff anyway, but it definitely gets me excited to have that light turn on and be like, I know who that is. That person is related to so-and-so and so-and-so and so, yeah. So, it's pretty cool. Well, and it points to God's plan from the beginning. Everything had to be in place. Everything had to be specific, done a specific way, and yeah. people had to marry specific people, and, and it, had, it had to have kids with certain people. Like, it it all had to work this exact way, and he's showing us that in his word. Yeah. By saying, here's the genealogy, here's the lineage. If it didn't go this way, <clears throat> it, nothing, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. The plan of salvation would not have worked the way it did. His will will happen no matter what. Yeah. And one, one of the coolest ways I see that is in the story of Ruth and Boaz, of, you know, Ruth's husband dies, and just everything that Boaz does for her, and... I mean, he does exactly what God wants him to do. And because he obeyed, God allowed him to be a part of not just the Davidic line, but Christ. Right. And by all intents and purposes, it should have been Ruth's first husband. It should not have been Boaz, but God blessed Boaz and said, even though, you know, you weren't her original husband, I'm going to bless you. And David is going to come from you just four generations later. Yeah. Because... It had to. It had to, yeah. That was the plan. That was his plan. And and it's just mind-blowing at times just to think and sit there and look at if one thing was off, then Christ was a liar. Just one little right, thing. Yeah. One little thing was off, Christ was a liar or, or a crazy person. Right. Right? A crazy person at best, a liar at worst. 
Either you're a heretic or you're the son of God. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it's it's amazing to, to see that just played out and fleshed out in scripture. Yeah. And you see it in the genealogies. Um, maybe that's why it's there. For sure. Yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you know. What's the point? What's the point? So. All right. Well, let's let's get into it. Main topic. Um, <laughs> main topic here. So our, our pastor was preaching out of Matthew chapter 8. And again, it was the Roman centurion, right? Am I in the right yeah. spot? Chapter 8, verse 5. Go, go ahead and read it. Read the whole story. Yeah. So chapter 8, verse 5, and we're going to read through verse 13. And just, this is what our, this was the sermon was about. And then he had a warning in there. It was a little small section of his sermon, but it hit me pretty hard. So Matthew 8, <coughs> 5 through 13. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. So the verse that stuck out to me was verses 11 and 12. And it it reminded me of another passage in Matthew that we'll get to here in a second. But it says, I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So let's just start there for a second. This is actually a warning. And we've talked about this a lot when we're going through Romans, how not everyone in the nation of Israel is going to come to Christ and going to be saved and going to enter in the kingdom of heaven. There, there are those of the Jewish faith and Jewish ethnicity that won't be in heaven yeah. because they've rejected Christ. That's essentially what Jesus is saying here. He's saying there'll be people from the east and the west all over, basically. Yeah. He's saying from the ends of the earth. You know, you have that passage, you know, he'll throw your sins as far as east is from the west because basically where that comes from is if you start going east, you will never stop going east. Yeah. If you start going west, you will never stop going west around the earth. Yeah. But if you start going north... Eventually, you're going to start going south, because yeah. you're going to come to that point, and you're going to start going south. Yeah. So it's it's Jesus saying, from the ends of the earth, from every nation, tribe, and tongue, there's going to be people coming and entering the kingdom of heaven. While you, God's chosen people, there's going to be some of you that aren't. Yeah. You call me God, you call me Lord, but you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And it got me thinking, it got me thinking back to Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And I don't know why this hit me so hard on Sunday, but just this idea that, that there are going to be people who claim Christ and claim God, like just like the Jews, yeah. even to this day, claim, proclaim God, Yahweh. That aren't going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so that's kind of a scary verse. Oh, yeah. And you look at Matthew 7 specifically, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. It's a scary verse. Mm-hmm. And so you start to think about topics that we've covered in previous episodes, like what is a true believer? What does a, the Christian look like? Yeah. Can I lose <laughs> my salvation? How can I be secured in my faith? Yeah. And it just got me thinking again this week of that those those topics. And so we wanted to dive into these just couple of passages here and just kind of see where the discussion takes us. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, going back to chapter 7, um, in verse 21, where it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That, I think, is the key. Again, looking at the difference between believers and born-again believers. Not just that, oh, well, I've been baptized. It's the true, true, you are born again, you're a new creation. Versus the believers, as Jesus says, even the demons believe. And there are people in your church that are not going to heaven. That's just cold hard truth. It's the fact. We pray that they will. But when you have given your life to Christ, there is supposed to be a change. You are supposed to be a new creation. Well, 
just think about this too. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That second part of that verse. Mm-hmm. You know, like you've said multiple times, like we've all said, you are going to see fruit. Your desires are going to change. Your attitudes are going to change. Your belief systems are going to change. You know, the things you find important are going to change. Sl- maybe slowly, maybe gradually, but they're going to. you are going to want to please God and do what he says and follow him. Yeah. And you're going to want to learn more about him and not just stay living the way you've been living. A change will take place because he's going to put that new heart in you. Yeah. Well, and, and he, you know, Christ isn't talking about works here. Whoever does the will of my father, whoever is doing these things and acting these things, that that's not the part that's doing it. It's the, the fact that you are wanting to obey the father. You're wanting to do his will. That's the important part. And along with the new creation, so 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21, this is Paul. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciled the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God, making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So, we have become a new creation. And again, what does that look like? That's your, once you have been born again, as in that your old self has died, you have said, I don't want to be this anymore. I hate my sin. And that's the, that's another big part. Do you hate the things that you used to do? Or are you still doing them and they're, they're not a big deal anymore? And um, there, there's a quote here by Paul Washer I have, um, you know, looking at true regeneration, true being truly born again. It's the proof or validation of genuine conversion is that the one who professes faith in Christ perseveres in that faith and grows in sanctification throughout the full course of his life. If a person professes faith in Christ and yet falls away or makes no progress in godliness, it does not mean that he has lost his salvation. It reveals that he is never truly converted. And that's the thing. If you have given your life to Christ, you have proclaimed his name, you've professed his name, you're saying, I'm a Christian, I follow God, but nothing has changed. You still watch the same movies. You still do the same things. You're still addicted to the same substances, whatever it is, but nothing's changed. You don't hate the things that you're doing. Right. That's wrong. Then that goes to, like Paul was saying, uh, Paul Washer, it's not that you've lost your salvation. It's It reveals that it wasn't a true conversion. Right. Which is sad to say, but if you have truly died to Christ, you have truly taken up your cross and you are born again, not just, oh yeah, I was baptized and born again. Woo. No. No, you have truly changed your life to emulate Christ. You want to be like Christ. That is the true testament. You know, it's not to say that you become a Christian and immediately you're you're perfect. Immediately you're not going to struggle. You're going to struggle with the same sin you were struggling with before. You're just going to, I mean, to put it kind of simplistically, you're just going to feel bad about it. Yeah. Right? You're going to be convicted. You be convicted. You should be. And you're going to, I don't know, I like to use pushing Carter down the stairs, you, you, you know, that that's, you feel no remorse for that until you become a Christian. And then you might not immediately stop pushing someone down the stairs, but when you do it, you're going to feel bad about it. You sh- yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Right. And you're going to start to have that remorse. You're going to start to have that <laughs> conviction saying, hey, this is not what I should be doing. This is not lining up with my new life that I'm trying to live and that, that God wants for me. Yeah. And that's the key is, is, is there fruit is there a lifestyle change that when you say Lord, Lord, you mean it? Yeah. And so let's look at the word Lord. What does that mean? What, is, what does it mean when you call Christ Lord? What is that? What, what image does that put in your mind? It should put in mind someone who lords over you, someone who rules over you, someone who you obey, you bend the knee to, right? And you respect and you have reverence for. And when they say jump, you say how high. Like yeah. it's that sort of relationship. It's Paul calls it, uh, Paul likens it to being a slave, to, to doulos, being yeah. a slave for Christ. And that... Being glad that you're one. And being glad yeah. to be a slave to Christ. And that you 
submit to that authority at all cost. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's going to, you're all of a sudden a saint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you are. You are a saint and a sinner at the same time. Yeah. And, you're, and you're being sanctified. And that that is how you know, is when you have the conviction when you sin. Yeah. Well, and we're all called to be saints. Every single Christian is called to be a saint. We're called to contribute to the needs of the saints. And who are they? All of us. It's not just when someone dies and then the papacy comes out 100 years later and says, you know what? Yeah, these deeds were pretty good. We're going to make them a saint. No, that's not how it works. God makes you a saint. If you have done what you're supposed to do and you get to heaven and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant, you're a saint. Yeah. That's it. Um, and, and looking at the the born again part of it, it always leads me back to John. John chapter 3, it's this discussion between Jesus and Nicodemus. Uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and read it. Uh, now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Okay, let's look at that for a second. Like the wind. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So everyone who is born again of Spirit, they are truly converted. They are Christian. They are a follower of Christ. It's like the wind. Nobody knows. Nobody knows who they are except God. And hopefully yourself, you have that, oh, what's the word? Um, Assurance. Assurance, yeah. yeah. But there are signs. When you look at the trees and you see the wind blowing through the trees, you can't see the wind, but you can see the trees moving and you know it's the wind. You feel it. You can feel it upon your skin. You know that it's there. You can hear the wind, but you're right. You can't see it, but there are signs. And that leads back into the fruits. It all goes into you will not have a Christian that is unfruitful. Yeah. It is impossible. You cannot be a true follower of Christ and have no fruit. There's nothing in Scripture that can back that up. And now, you may be a Christian with a couple fruits. You might be this this fully lush tree with maybe one or two, and you're struggling, but but the fruit will still be there. Right. No matter what, it will be there. And that's that's a big part of it, too. Right. And it just, you know, I feel like this is a topic that we have discussed multiple times and, and at least concepts that have been hit on. And, you know, we've done that ep- a couple episodes on Mark, you know, Marks of a True Believer and, and, and whatnot. But I think it just every now and then we need to be reminded of this. And I think that's what hit me so hard on Sunday is sometimes we need to be reminded that th- there's effort involved in this. And, and there are things that we can't, we can't earn our salvation, but there are things that need to be done once we are saved to... I guess assure us that it took and assure us that it, because again, our attitudes change, our mindset changes, our desires change. And and I think I want to point out to some discernment. Yes. The, this idea of, of who you follow, who you look up to, who you listen to, who you let pour into your life. Do you see fruit in their life? If you are looking to them as someone who's a, a, mentor. a, a mentor spiritually. Yeah. You know, not necessarily a business mentor or or whatever. Although not a life coach. No, not a life coach, yeah. not a, you know, yeah. Not not a self-help guru. Yep. All right. But someone who you look to as a spiritual leader, what look at their listen to their words, listen to what they're preaching. We talked at we've talked at length about theology and how it's so important to have good theology. Yeah. But also look at their lives and and see if there's if you can see the fruit. And understand that there are wolves in sheep's clothing yeah. within the church, within the big church, the you know big C church. Have discernment. Understand the signs. Understand what you're looking for. You're looking for the fruit of the spirit. You're looking for genuineness and 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 
I mean, with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You're looking for those things in these people. And if you are looking at these people and you don't see those, there should be a red flag. Is this someone you really need to be looking up to and allow and pour into your life? I'm talking to myself, too. Am I someone that I want? Am I someone that I would want to have pour into me? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. Uh, yeah. Can you not even, not, you can't justify, but all right, yeah. Would you want to counsel your younger self? Right. And I'd like to say I, I would. Some days, yes. Some days, yes. <laughs> well, and even looking, yeah, looking at leadership in church. I mean, First uh, Timothy chapter three um, has qualifications for overseers, for deacons, for elders. And that's such an important chapter because you go into a church and you might have this rock star preacher, but uh, so First uh, Timothy chapter three verse four, he must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? That's always been a big one for me. Can you go into a church and look at a pastor, and are his children hellions? <laughs> are they going or running around the church acting fools and? The pastor isn't doing any, anything about it. Right. For me, I'll walk out because that shows me that he is not leading his household well. And if he's not able to lead his household well, is he able to lead the church? I had a conversation with a, a coworker a few months ago about his church, and the pastor is resigned. And I was like, "Oh," and he's like, hey, "He's been my pastor for twenty years. He, he just resigned." And and. I was like, well, what happened? He goes, it's the weirdest thing. He said, you know, my family's not under control right now. I have daughters who are pregnant out of wedlock. I have, you know, a son who has just completely walked away from the faith and is not living. And he said, I can't lead this church Mm. when my house is in shambles. And I'm like, well, man, that's that's biblical. First of all, that's amazing. You never hear someone doing that. But that's biblical. He resigned because he needed to get his house in order. Yeah. And he's like, I just don't understand. I, I can't believe he'd quit. I can't believe he'd resign. Buddy, that's in the Bible. Yeah. That is what's supposed to happen. And, and, and it, it just blew his mind. And yeah. it blew my mind in a different way of like, wow, you he don't was see that. Obedient. He was yeah. obedient. And he did. He stepped down to tend to his family. And and I don't know I don't know the age of the kids I don't know and I I'm sure there's a debate on what you know if that matters if it doesn't matter I don't know because I mean you obviously your the salvation of your children is up is between them and God right right and so you can't necessarily control that right but on the same thing at the same level if you are allowing and I'm not sure his situation but just in general if you were allowing your children to just run amok and and do what they want and not trying to have some sort of like hey we need bring this in, tighten yeah. this up, pull them back in, bring them into the fold, then yeah, you aren't fit to lead your church. Yeah, exactly. Not that a 21-year-old daughter of a pastor decides I don't I'm no longer a believer, I I don't I don't profess the faith anymore or whatever. Right. That's out of his control. That's, That's of, not <clears throat> him mismanaging his household. It's how was she Well, is she in the household anymore? Probably right. not. Right. And so that yeah, that leads into different different Yeah, there's some debates there, there for sure, but Yeah. Just you're right. That mentality of I'm gonna I want to meet these qualifications as a pastor, as a teacher, as a deacon, as an elder. Yeah. And if I don't, I'm gonna take it seriously enough to say, hey, I need to step down. I yeah. need to back away. Yep. And I think it it this is way off topic of where we where <laughs> right, we started, right. but it's okay. Um, you know, you look at your worship team, mm-hmm. and when I was when I was doing youth ministry, we had a youth worship band, and and we made this this covenant with each other, or this pact, or signed a con, whatever how you want to say. But there was codes of conduct that we we were going to require, we were going to follow. And it, it had to do with social media, your, what you posted on there, had to do with how you lived your life. If you were struggling with certain issues, unrepentant sin, we were going to ask you to step down. Because it is so important, as someone who is on stage in front of a church... Leadership. Leadership. Yeah. Whether you are a volunteer drummer or a volunteer guitar player or singer, you need to have a standard of living that is in line with Scripture. Yeah. And that is produ- you need to be producing the fruit. You need to be one that we can look to and say, hey, I know he or she's a sinner. Like, I get it. But man, they're trying. They're making that effort. And I respect that. I respect them. And, you know, they're not going out and getting drunk on Friday nights yeah. before church on Sunday. Yeah. You know, um, I, just important to hold yourself to that standard as, as someone who's a leadership in the church. And, and and for us, the two of us doing this, even though right now we're getting 40-ish downloads an episode. <laughs> yeah. We still show ourselves to a standard of saying, "Hey, we're we're teaching on some level here. We, we are, yeah. And 
if we're not living it, we we don't need to be doing this. Yep. So. Yeah, it's true. Exactly. <clears throat> anyway, back to Matthew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, going back to I, looking at definition of children of God, especially, I mean, Christians, um, I think that is a common misconception. It was one that I had several years ago of that idea of we are all children of God. Well, no. No, we're not. We are not all children of God. Um, yes, we are all created in his image. We're all image bearers. Exactly, but we're not all his children. Okay, so let's look at John chapter 8, verse 39 through 47. I'm just going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to read it. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we are not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the word of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So that's a big distinction. Not everyone are children of God. And then again, looking back at not everyone who cries, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's, there will be few who confess the name of Lord who will go to heaven. Just because you confess his name doesn't mean you will enter the kingdom. Not all quote-unquote Christians will enter the kingdom of heaven. Why is that? It's because not all of them are true believers. Well, let's just look at America and the American church and and this idea that, oh, my parents are Christian. I was raised going to church, therefore I'm a Christian. Yeah. It's this idea that, yeah, I go to church on Sundays or I go to church at Easter and Christmas. I'm a Christian. I would identify myself as a Christian. Yep. It, that I, is, I do good stuff. That, that is the American version of Christianity at times. It it's, yeah, I go to church I, most of the time. I'm there. I, I try to live a good life. I, I believe in God. I'm a Christian. Okay, what does that mean? Like, what what do you mean when you say I'm a Christian? Oh, I believe in God. Okay, do you believe Christ died for you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so what are you doing about it? Yeah. Have you changed any part of your life? Has any part of your life going? Or, or are, you still, are you still going to drag queen story hours? Are you still... I'm, I'm only saying this because I've had some examples of this recently of, of people I know in my life that are professing believers. And I'm like, granted, no one's perfect, but come on. Like, that's yeah. blatant. And you're and you're okay with this? Like, you're, like, you have no qualms about drag queen story hour. You have no qualms about going out partying. Sexual immorality, you're still sleeping around with people. Sleeping around with people, living with your boyfriend you're not married to, girlfriend you're, you're not married to. Okay with homosexuality. Uh, not only okay with it, you applaud it and encourage it. Or and, even practice and, it. Or practice it. Yeah. yeah. And... Without remorse, without mm-hmm. again, without that conviction, not a, it's not a struggle. It's an outright, yeah, this is okay. Yeah, that's that's the difference. Well, and, and you justify it with, oh well, because of Christ, I have freedom. I have freedom in Christ. No, no, that's not what that means. Right. Which <laughs> that'll be an episode in and of itself. I'm, I'm going to write that down. What does freedom in Christ truly mean? Right. Freedom in Christ does not mean you get to do whatever you want however you want, whenever you want to do it. Looking back to like what we were talking about, the doulos, we are slaves to Christ. We are no longer slaves to sin. And because of that, we want to be like Christ in every absolute aspect of it. Right. And we have to. You know, I've heard this this phrase or this analogy, and, and it, it's a little hokey and whatever, but it, it kind of makes sense, and, and, and it's true. Sitting in church every Sunday doesn't make you a Christian, just like sitting in a garage every Sunday doesn't make you a car. Or a right. mechanic. <laughs> or a mechanic. Like, it's, it's, that doesn't, they don't equal each other. Yeah. It's not the same thing. You are not a car because you sit in the garage. You're not a Christian because you sit in church. Yeah. You're not going to soak up enough worship music to turn you. And I think that's, that right there is where my mind went yesterday sitting in service. Yeah. Of this nominal Christianity. 
this idea that I go to church or my parents are Christians or I was raised in church or I know some Bible verses, therefore I'm a Christian. Doesn't have to affect my life at all, but I'm a Christian because X, Y, and Z. But nothing has to change. Everything's fine. I'm okay the way I am. He accepts me for who I am. I am who you say I am. That song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to get on that one because I I have qualms about that one. For me, it also goes back to the will of the Father. Uh, So chapter 7, verse 21 will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father. And what is that? What is what is God's will? How do you know what the will of God is? Uh, for one, it's scripture. Right. Going back to love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and mind, or might. And love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Those two. But how do you, again, we I, I believe we talked about this before, but how do you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind? How do you physically do that? And it starts with saturating your mind. Um, When it says um, renewing your mind, how do you do that? You can only do that by saturating yourself in scripture and with prayer. And you love the Lord with all your heart by filling your heart with love of things that are of God. Uh, With your mind, you are placing your thoughts on things that are of God. And to do the will of God, you need to be in scripture reading it every day saying, okay, Lord God, what is your will for me? And I mean, there are basic things that, you know, what do you want of me would be, he wants you to proclaim his name. Right. And to make disciples, make disciples, make disciples. Well, the first two commandments, love the Lord God with all your heart and soul, mind and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. That is God's will for you. Yep. The specifics and the nuance and the the minutia of day-to-day living, that is between you and him. And that comes from diving into the word, yes. praying, seeking counsel, understanding scripture, diving into theology, yeah. saturating yourself, like you said, saturating yourself in the word, and going beyond a devotional, yes. and, and, and diving into historical stuff, diving into the culture of, of, the, of Bible times, and, and mm-hmm. actually learning what the authors are saying, yeah. and who they're saying it to, and then taking that actual meaning and applying it to your life. Yeah. And so then you have the whole question, this is a different topic, but like, well, how do I know what God wants me to do? Well, sometimes you sometimes you just have to make a decision and God's going to say yay or nay. Yep. Right? Like yep. I don't there's not necessarily going to be an audible you need to turn right. Yeah. Like it's not necessarily what it's going to be. Well, it's, Maybe it's a you're at a crossroads and you say, "Okay, God, what do you want me to do?" Or, I feel like you're leading me in this direction, so I'm going to go this direction." And God's like, "No, no. That wasn't it. Let's yep. let's turn around. Let's try again." Yep. Or vice versa. I mean, I really don't know. I'm okay. I'm going to go this way. Okay, then yeah, that's what it is, yeah. and that's what you're supposed to do. It's not necessarily going to be this audible. Everything, every decision you make isn't going to have this clear cut. This is God's will. Yep. You're you're not David asking if you go to this town if Saul will overcome you, and God says, yeah, if you go there, it'll happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Right. Uh, it, okay. It Let me take that back. Probably won't happen. It probably won't happen. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm not taking God's power away. Well, but, I, I, I kind of liken it to this idea of marriage and 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 falling in love and whatnot. This idea of in the Western culture of just falling in love and everything being romantic and all mushy good. Love at first sight. Love at first sight. That's not necessarily it either. Like it's, it's lust. Right. It is lust. <laughs> but God isn't going to necessarily have the absolute one for you. Mm. It's okay, I'm marrying this girl, or girls, I'm marrying this guy. Now I'm going to do God's will, and this is going to be it. Like, I am committed to this person. I'm going to fulfill my covenant. I don't, I'm not sure, then again, this coming from a single guy, I'm not sure there's the one for everybody, right? I agree. I I think you make a choice as part of that idea of free will here on earth. You make a choice, say, I'm I'm choosing you as my person, and I'm committed to you, and therefore I'm going to honor God through this marriage. Yes. And then I'm going to do his will through this marriage. Yep. That's kind of what I think about when we're talking about the subject of, yeah. you know, God's will. Sometimes you're going to have to make a choice, and God's going to either say, yes, that was right, no, that was wrong, or, all right, do my will in this choice. Live with yep. what you just did. Yep. Well, and it, yeah, so going back to how do you know what his will is, and one being in scripture and praying. And then you make your plan. You make your plans and you go forth and you start it. Because once you've made your plans, God will determine your footsteps. Right. And that is important. But when you're looking at your life, not just big things like, Lord, uh, my future wife or my future husband, who who do you want me to marry? 
that type of deal. But looking at menial, meaningless, not meaningless, but little things throughout your everyday life, looking at a movie you're about to watch, are are you looking at the movie being like, Lord, do, is this a movie that you would have me watch? Your homework, asking that his will be done, even with the school that you're doing, with right. the job that you're working, literally everything going to God saying, I want to do literally everything you want for me. And I want to be in the job you want me to be in. Even if I'm in a job I hate, am I doing this for your will? And am I doing it to the best of my ability for the kingdom of heaven? And these are all things that kind of come in together where, yeah, you make your plan, you go for it, he will determine your footsteps. But are you truly going to Christ asking these things? Yeah. There's just, there, all, there aren't always going to be clear-cut answers. You look at what we talked about with Paul, how they, were, they wanted to go to Asia. They had plans to go to Asia, and they were going. And God said, no, you're not. They made the plans, and God said, "This is not what I have for you right now." Yeah. So that, that that's okay. Is is when things don't go the way you plan on going. Sometimes that's God saying, "Hey, let's go a different direction," or "Hey, I'm not ready. You're not ready for that yet." <laughs> this isn't. <laughs> Look how many times Paul wanted to go to Rome, and he was all he was saying, "I want to go to Rome. I want to go to Rome. I, I'm planning to come to you. I am going to come to you." And this his whole ministry, he couldn't get there. Yeah. Until. The end of his life. Yeah. He he got there and he was in Rome for like, I think it was like two years. And he was able to be with fellow believers and proclaim Christ until his death. So it's like God will put you where he wants. And if you don't know where he wants, make your plan. Go for it. And one of the ones for my wife and I, uh, la- this time last year, we got our house ready and we put it up on the market. And we did not move. <laughs> we got into two contracts. They both fell through. Turns out we had a septic leak and <laughs> that whole debacle. But th- at that time, we're like, Lord, what? What? Because we wanted to sell the house and start our business. And neither one of those happened. And we're, you know, again, not supposing to ask the king of the universe why, <laughs> but la- why? Yeah. And... <laughs> So this past year, Emily and I reflecting, you know, heading into this new year, like, Lord God, thank you that we didn't move. Yeah. Because of that, we had so many people. We filled our house full of our church family, full of people that were just having prayer nights and the the things that were able to take place in our home, the things that we prayed for when we first moved into the house four years ago, you know, fill our house and use it however you want. (laughs) Let your will be done. And he was moving, and we're like, "All right, Lord, th- thank you." Yeah, and you, and that's it. You, you cannot see what God is doing in your life because you, literally, you put your hand in front of your eyes, and that is you living your life. Be, and of, of course, that's your life. You're consumed with it, and even going to God on the everyday basis, multiple times a day, endless, ceaseless prayer, you can still be blind. Yeah, And just being able to surround yourself with fellow believers that are able to slap you in the face and say, you need to take a step back. And you're praying for God's will, but you don't want his will. And that's a big one too. Right. So are are you not only praying for his will, but are you willing to submit to his will if it's not what you want? Right. And there's there's been a lot of things that I don't (laughs) want, but has happened. But it's happened. Yeah. 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 You know. We've hit on a lot of different topics <laughs> oh, yeah. today. We really oh, have. Yeah. It's been a little scattered, but I, I do think there's a little nugget for, for anyone who listens. There's going to be a nugget in here, I think, that, that you can take away from this. And, and whether that is examining your own salvation, even, and saying, hey, am I one of those people he's talking about in Matthew where not everyone who says to me, Lord, 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 of the kingdom of heaven. Am I one of those people? Let's examine that. That's what Paul means when he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Examine yourself and see, hey, is he talking about me here? If you are confident and you are assured and you have the Holy Spirit saying, no, he is not talking about you, okay, move forward. What fruit do I have? Where, where can I bear better fruit and sweeter fruit and, yeah. and, and the best fruit? What areas do I need to change? Start reflecting on those things. Reflect on where you are in your life just career-wise and, and relationship-wise, and are these the people I need to be around? Are these the relationships I need to have? Am I honoring God in these things? Do some self-examination. I think, I think that's a good point here. For for this and a good yeah. kind of bow to tie at the end of this one is just reflect. I I, I need to. 
I need to reflect on things and am I doing what I need to do to, to you know, guide others and, and, te- and, and be an example for others, but also for my own well-being, for my own mental health, spiritual health, am I doing what I need to be doing yeah. to, to get better in these areas? Yeah. Um, or am I comfortable where I am? Or am I starting to kind of fall back to the nominal Christianity yep. of like, yeah, I go to church, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, or am I truly trying to be a follower of Christ and, and wanting and desiring his will, his his ways, you know, something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of leaving off I, with some lyrics, a song I, I really like, and it's kind of an, I don't know, hit me hard, uh, definitely towards the end of this year. It's Underdressed by Gable Price and Friends. It's the darkest deep is petrified at the gaze of Yahweh's eyes. The galaxies bow at your feet but still you dine with me. Oh, I'm feasting with the king. Keep that in mind, that the God of the universe, you can commune with, you speak with, you have a direct line, and you can talk to him. And the darkest deep is petrified at his name. Demons tremble at his name. And they're under his gaze, the gaze of Yahweh. So are you. Right. You are not an exception. So So take heart. Take heart. (laughs) Be of good faith, be be of strong courage. Examine yourself and, and just see where you stand and, and see what areas need need help and what areas need changing and, and the convictions. Ask God to convict you. He's going to. He's he's going to. It's a dangerous prayer. It is a dangerous prayer. But um, anyway, so hopefully this was encouraging for you guys. Uh, next week, we're going to get back into Romans chapter 12. That's going to be a fun one. I like I Romans it, 12. I think it'll go good with this one, too. Yeah, Marks I think so. Marks of a true, true Christian. Marks of a true Christian. Yeah, yeah so... Kind of a theme kind of interwoven here, and, and I think Austin and I want to maybe start planning out some some weeks in advance and just seeing kind of where things go. <laughs> Wanting versus if it'll happen. No, no. Well, we got this. It's going to yep. be fine. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. I do think, to me, this shows that God is involved in this, yeah. because there are days where we're not, full disclosure, I was not feeling like doing this today. Yeah. Um, that was me last week. Yeah. That was you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I felt great last week about doing it. This week, I'm like... Uh, I was I I came home and I'm like, man, I'm tired. I kind of have a headache. I just, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it it somehow it works. And and it just it I leave encouraged. we walk away encouraged Mm -hmm. by the end of this. Well, when you are saturating your mind with scripture, it it is amazing what what God will do. So yeah. So we'll get back at it next week, Romans chapter twelve, and then we'll um we're getting close to the end of the Romans. We gotta start thinking of a our next plan here. That's true. But uh, we're excited to continue doing this with you guys. Uh, thank you for listening. If you feel the need, feel the urge, feel the love, send us some love. Give us a five-star review on Apple. Uh, we could use that. We've been stuck on the same number for a while. So we yeah. could use a couple more if you think about it. And uh, we will be back next Wednesday. In the meantime, guys, stay, stay rooted. rooted. Thank you for listening to our show. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. You can find us on Apple, Google, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram at Rooted in Logos Pod, or even on our website, www.rootedinlogospod.com. And if you want to support us financially, visit us at patreon.com slash rootedinlogos. Logos.